What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. On my high school team, we have five guys make the NBA. We had the county rocking. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. It's nothing that you can do to stop a competitive edge. It's just in the water. Welcome back to a special quarantine edition. We got a real special guest. What's up with your Brody with the virtual handshake? I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want all the smoke. Welcome back to another quarantine edition of All the Smoke. Coming to you from L.A. My brother Jack is in the Bay. My bad. My brother Jack is in the A. I wish I was in the Bay. Straight up. I'm sad I got rid of my house out there, man. That shit was the the spot up in the hills. Yes, it was. That shit hurt my soul. My shit hurt my soul (laughs) to get get rid of that house, bro. But it just wasn't cost efficient anymore. (laughs) Excited about today's guest. Haven't got a chance to personally meet him, but I've heard a lot of great things about him. Currently playing for the Los Angeles Lakers and also executive producer on Basketball County in the Water, showing right now on Showtime. Welcome, Quinn Cook. What's good, bro? Family, how y'all doing, man? Appreciate y'all for having me. It's an honor. Nah, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, bro. You on the show now, and you basically family, so I got to tell you, you look like an Ewok right now, bro. You got to get get cleaned (laughs) up, huh? That boy got the mountain man growing out, huh? I'm I'm, I'm thugging. Until we we back outside and, and the world gets back, Going, man. I'm thugging, man. I don't, I'm chilling. You gonna let it ride out? See, hey, I was getting rough too, man. I had to. <laughs> I, my, I told my barber to come in, gloved up, face masked up, yeah, bodied up, because yeah. my shit was, because I started looking rough. <laughs> I look in the mirror like, yo, goddamn. So I had, to, know, I, I, I had to get I my a, shit. I know. I, I, I FaceTime a couple of my teammates, Braun, uh, Keith, uh, Doug. Uh-huh. Everybody, everybody looks rough. So you know, I'm, we we gonna keep yeah. it going. I ain't mad at it. You, you, you still, you still young. You can get that off. Women probably love that shit, actually. 
<laughs> so how's everything holding up, man, right now? This is obviously new to all of us. Uh, you, you mentioned a few of your teammates. How have you been holding up uh, during these times? It's been a unique uh, situation for everyone. Uh, obviously, you guys can attest to that. Uh, for, for me, um, being, you know, still actively playing, uh, it's been unique, but I think our leaders and our team have, have, have kept us with the mindset, like, look, doesn't matter how long we're on quarantine, doesn't matter how long the league's on hold, you know, when we get back, we still, you know, got to go win this thing. And guys have been speaking every day, um, you know, working out when you can. Um, a lot of guys don't have access to certain things, so we got to improvise still. But at the same time, we got to keep that same goal in mind. And personally, I'm enjoying this time for me. I love the fact that, that that's the mindset. If and when you guys get back to work, you got the championship to win. And that's how you guys are talking and that's how you guys are feeling. Yeah, facts. I mean, you know, that's everybody who comes back, we all got to go through the same thing. I mean, everybody's saying right. it's gonna, it'll, whoever wins, it'll be an asterisk next to the name. I, I don't believe that. Nah. I've seen Austin Rivers quote. So I mean, we all, we all got to, we all going through it. So, I mean, you know, it, it, right. it, it's going to come down to, you know, whose teams are closest, who didn't bullshit during this time. And, you know, hopefully, right. you know, um, we can just get the league back going. Right. I love that. You guys got a team of, that's what I liked about your team. Jack picked you guys to win. I picked the Clippers. Uh, but I, to me, if it's not the Clippers, it'll be you. I think that the championship is going to come back to the West. But you guys have a bunch of veteran guys that have been there done that and then i mean fuck you got lebron which is a cheat code but you guys got a whole bunch of veterans that have won championships and been in big games which bodes well and you even have a young player you know what i mean you won a championship with the warriors so you know what it's like to be close-knit and i think you hit that on the head the teams that stay the closest stay down and stay as ready as possible are going to have a great opportunity to win facts you guys know being champions i mean our targets on our back every night and you know we got to deal with a lot of shit during the year and this is just more Stuff to add on, but I think it'll make the story better for sure. That's sure. what's up. So you're playing in the, uh, the, that 2K tournament. Uh, who's your team and who's been your toughest battle? I'm on this man right now. I, I I I put the 2K down, man. I've been getting cracked. I ain't that good at 2K. But uh, <laughs> I'm on this man right now. I'm, I'm doing I ain't mad. I, I, I forgot my team in the 2K. That's how bad I am. <laughs> I ain't even mad at that. I don't play. I never played. See, I never played 2K. When I, who, I still never really played it, period. I never played 2K. I always played Madden. I'd play some of the shooting games, but I never played Hoop because, yeah. like, that was our job. I kind of want to get away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just the other yeah. day, uh, my homie C. Webb, you know, shout out Chris Webber. He hit me up like, yo, I'm doing a, a 2K tournament and it's going to be this, this, and that. I'm like, bro, I don't even, I'm sorry. I don't even play 2K. <laughs> so I never really got into 2K that much either. I'm locked in on Call of Duty right now and uh, Madden. I don't play 2K either. I never played it. But tell me this, uh, Q. What aspect of normal life you took for granted, you know, that, that, that you appreciate now while in quarantine? Great question. I, first thing is just going outside and just like, you know, being able to interact with people, going to grocery stores like now, like you're very, you know, aware of, you know, who's close to you, who's coughing, who's touching certain things and traveling right. freely and just being around your family. Like I haven't like I live in the A as, as well. And I went to the A after this whole quarantine 14 day thing uh, was lifted from our team. And like my grandma lives in the A and I couldn't go see my grandma for five minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. have our little talks, you know, that, cause that, that kind of hurt me. Mm -hmm. I ain't seen my mom in a minute. Cause I really, we still don't understand, you know, how this virus works. So that just, just being able just to move freely in and, and doing what you want to do on a daily basis is something that, you know, uh, I'm learning from all this. Outside of playing basketball, what's the first thing you want to do um, once this, this, this ban is lifted and it, it's safe to go back <laughs> out outside of basketball? Uh, I'm going. I'm going to an amusement park. 
I'm gonna get on on some roller coasters. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be, I'm a be yeah, back yeah. with the people. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Just, just be outside. I'm gonna be outside. Couple, about 40 a couple hours of turkey straight. legs. Yeah, man, I'm yeah. doing it all, man. Everything, baked beans, ribs, <laughs> fried chicken, everything, man. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Show. So I mentioned it earlier, the doc that that uh, is releasing on Showtime, uh, in the water. You were an executive producer on that, along with Kevin Durant, Rich Kleiman, and uh, Victor Oladipo. Talk to us a little bit about that because that shit is dope. Like, I didn't realize how many talented players, legends have, have came from your area, PG County. Yeah, I mean, it's a dream come true for me. It means the world growing up, you know, wanting to be something. And um, for me, I always had, you know, KD to go um, see and touch. And Jerry Jack, Nolan Smith, Beasley, Jeff Green, um, Victor Oladipo was my best friend growing up. Same elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I just had, you know, so much resources to go touch where, you know, anytime, you know, I slacked off or, you know, was crying or, or, or wasn't on my shit, I always had those guys to, you know, remind me this is the goal. And uh, for me to be an EP on this, for KD and Rich to bring me on, um, it's something that I was doing on my own already. Um, and they brought me on and, and, and we built, you know, something special. And, uh, Guys did a tremendous job with it, and uh, I know everybody will love it. Yeah, see, I didn't know. I, I didn't know Lynn Bias was from that area. Adrian Dantley, Walt yeah. Williams, mm. Demar Johnson, and you got to think these are all the names that made it. But we all know people from our area that were dope as fuck that just never made it for one reason or another. So I'm sure there's a bunch of other legends out there that never really even got on. Nah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like you say, everybody from every hood, every city, we all have those guys who you know were more talented than, than us had the same talented as us, but, you know, the streets could have, you know, um, taken them or, or made them mm -hmm. make decisions that, you know, they didn't reach their potential. The politics ain't work out in high school or right. college or, or whatever. So, um, you know, we're we're so lucky, we're so blessed to, to have made it as far as uh, as we have myself and, and you too, you guys know that, but there's always guys, even still, still to this day, when you go home and I play and pick up, there's guys that nobody's ever heard of that still, you know, would be some of the best mm -hmm. players on the court if they just, you know, made some different decisions in their lives for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I played basketball with a lot with a guy that they don't know that went to Oak Hill just like you did, Ed Sheffy. Rest in peace, Ed Sheffy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he from he from around that way too. And also yeah. shout out to my man Kurt, shout out to my man Curtis too, Curtis Malone. But tell me this. What um what was it like growing up in PG County? For me, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, you had so much to do. You five minutes outside of DC, so you had the city life. It was a lot going on. And uh, I had so much to do. My neighborhood, it was so many hoopers and, and so many football players. We used to play throwback tackle on the concrete. We'd be out on the mm -hmm. side playing one-on-one, 33. Um, it was fun. And then you start getting older, you start getting into AAU. And, and you start getting recruited by high schools and stuff, and you got Jerry Jack and Sam Young coming back home, pulling up in their Bentleys. You got mm -hmm. KD <laughs> going going to the league after one year, Beasley going to the league after one year. So you just got so so many dreams and aspirations um, being captured. So that made you go even harder, and you still had that city feel. So um, it was fun mm -hmm. for me. I had a ball. That's dope. So you said you built a relationship with Oladipo early. What was it like teaming up with him at DeMatha? Obviously, rest in peace, Coach Wooten. What was it like playing there? And what, what, do you, what do you take from that experience the most? It was fun. For me, we met in the fifth grade. I transferred to his school. I had no friends. And 
literally the first day, he ain't know me, I ain't know him. He came up to me and was like, yo, y'all know you knew. Uh, look like, you know what I'm saying, you you ain't talking to nobody today, you don't got no friends, so, you know, I'm your friend. Like, that's basically how I went first right. day of school, my fifth grade year. That's and we played on the same team from fifth grade uh, for me and, until my 11th grade year, so six straight years. You know, we went from elementary school basketball to middle school basketball to high school basketball. And when we got to high school, we went to DeMatha, which is the biggest school in the area, and the lights was on, the lights was bright. Me and him ain't really play a lot our first year. Um... And then we kind of just got better, got better. Our second year together, you know, we kind of took the league and then the city by storm. Then our third year, it was it was curtains for everybody. We was running through the city. We both made first team all met, which is a big deal in our area. And uh, we kept pushing each other, man. And it's, it's crazy that we both, you know, made it to our dreams and we still pushing. Tell me what your relationship with KD was like. Um, in, in your eyes, how was he growing up? KD is the same way he is today. Both of y'all have great relationships with him. Y'all know how cool and chill how down to earth he is. Um, for me, uh, he became my big brother. We played on the same, well, I was on a younger AAU team, the PG Jaguars, and he was on older, the older team. So obviously we, we linked in from then. Um, his family, his mom, his dad, um, used to always you know look after me like I was one of theirs. And uh, he just always had my back. We used to go to run and shoot all day. And uh, you know he would always make sure I got picked. And you know he was just a big brother. And, Back then, KD wasn't who he was. He just was a tall, a tall, lanky kid who had a lot of talent, and you just seen him every day just get better and better and better. And you know, he hasn't changed at all, man. And he's always had my back since I was seven years old. His mama treated everybody like that. She's every time she see me, she give me a hug. Like she's like, "Oh, baby, how you doing?" You know, man. I, I, used, I remember her screaming on the sidelines. We used to play them in the playoffs, but she treat everybody like a son. Yeah, yeah, she's the best for sure. That's what's up. All right, O'Kill. Let's talk about that. We both from Oak Hill. We got a long line of NBA players, yes, a long line of people. And you know what's funny, though, bro? Two weeks ago, I got a text from a 267 number. I had no idea who it was, right? And they called like two or three times. <laughs> Hold up. And look, they called two or three times, uh, Q, and I hung the phone up, right? I got, I, I, and I, I read the text message a couple of days ago because I never really read the text message. It was Coach Smith, bro. So I got to call him back, dog. I got to, and I haven't talked to him in years. But tell me about your experience at, at Oak Hill and, and how that all came about. Man, it was fun, you know, growing up. And then you started, like, really focusing on, you know, who's the best players and what college this guy's going to and, you know, what guy in the NBA is this. And you start really, like, doing research and stuff. A lot of guys, you know, you find out went to Oak Hill. So, you know, I was always a dream of mine growing up. You know, Melo was there, KD was there, uh, Rondo, mm -hmm. um, guys that when I was young, um, I know was there. And something I always wanted to do because I felt like, you know, you were doing something well if Coach Smith recruited you. Coach Smith wanted you to be on his team. So he, Nolan Smith was my big brother. He went there and I formed a relationship with Coach Smith. Um, and, you know, I, I decided to go there my senior year. I think, you know, what I did in the area my junior year, you know, was something incredible. The first junior to win All-Met Player of the Year in 30 years. Won a championship, and Victor and Jaron Grant, um, those guys were graduating, so I wanted a new challenge. So I took my um, senior year, I wanted to go to Oak Hill and play for Coach Smith and play a national schedule. You know, we get everybody's best shot every single day. We on ESPN all the time, and I wanted to get ready for college. I wanted to, to start early, you know, living by myself, making sure shit is done without my mom you know, reminding me and stuff like that. So I thought it was- Grown up uh, shit. Uh, yeah, grown up shit for me. And uh, 
I, I needed that bad at 17. Between DeMatha and um, Oak Hill, how many of your teammates went pro to the NBA? Damn. Well, uh, my, my sophomore year at DeMatha, we had five out of our top six players playing the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. who, were, so, who were they? Uh, myself, Victor Oladipo, Jaron Grant, Jeremy Grant, Josh Shelby. Those mm -hmm. were the five. And we had 10 or 11 go D1. Nothing low, like nothing That's like crazy. NC State, uh, Texas A&M. We had all mm -hmm. high majors. I'm at Oak Hill. My backcourt was me and Ben McLemore from the Rockets. Uh, Jordan mm -hmm. Adams, who got drafted by the Grizzlies a couple years ago. A.J. Hammonds, who got drafted by the Mavericks. Damian Wilson played at Memphis. Um, Keith Hornsby, who's in the GD the past couple um, years, past couple years. And, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of um, time just with pros, you know, since I was young. So it was a dream come true for me just to see guys, you know, not just myself making, but see my guys who I saw grind and I saw beat the odds and deal with bullshit, um, make the league. So, um, you know, I'm definitely proud of those guys for sure. How do you compare PG County to other, uh, you know, hotbeds around the country? You know, New York is known for basketball. Cali does their thing. You know, Texas has people. Uh, how do you compare PG County to style, play of other hotbeds throughout the country? For me, I think uh, what makes it so unique is that, you know, you think of Cali um, or you could say L.A. You know, you got to think of how big L.A. is. New York has all different boroughs. Um, what makes us unique is that you know, all of us are 10 minutes away from each other, literally go to the same That's church, crazy. go go to the right. same uh, barbers, uh, just everything is it, it, just so close. Um, and I just think the style of play is that like, I just think we, 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 we kind of have everything and not like, just like we have the swag, like, man, you can tell that dudes from PG or you no, know, all of us can kind of dribble. Um, all of us can shoot it a little bit. Um, and uh, everybody has that toughness. So uh, I think we kind of have a lot of styles um, in all of our game. That's crazy to think that this is like basically the same neighborhoods all around each other really have that much talent. Like you said, you didn't have to really go across the whole city. It was right in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah facts. Let's uh, jump ahead to college. You signed a letter of intent to Duke. Um, nationally, you, you were one of the kids that was, you know, it was all over TV where you were going. You chose over uh, Villanova, UCLA, North Carolina. What was it about Duke that made you uh, sign there? Yeah, uh, Coach K was the main reason. Uh, I wanted to play for him. You, 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 you grow up watching TV, you see him on, a, on ESPN every day. Just growing up, he, he was coaching the Team USA and uh, he had relationships with Kobe and, and Braun and, and Jordan and KD. Just, Everybody that I wanted to be like, you know, he coached. So uh, that was my main thing. And then it was close enough for my mom. You know, she used to take the bus down. If she couldn't drive, she would take the bus down easy, the mega bus. $10 bus, she will drive down five hours before the game, get there for game time, give me a hug, and get right back on the bus, which was like UCLA was like far. She couldn't really see me play. Um, Villanova had like a lot of guards. Um, and... Uh, I just thought it made sense, man. And like I said earlier, my big brother, Nola Smith, went there. So, you know, it was definitely an easy decision for me because, you know, he struggled at first and then became ACC Player of the Year, National Player of the Year, and got drafted. So I wanted to do just what he did for sure. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Speaking of Coach K, obviously, uh, arguably one of the greatest coaches ever. Not arguably, one of the greatest coaches ever. What was the best piece of advice he gave you that still sticks with you today? I think the biggest thing that he, he taught us when I was there and myself is next play. Next play in life, mm. next play in basketball. Obviously, mm-hmm. in basketball, if you make a three, you can't fucking celebrate and, you know, <laughs> pump your chest. You got to get back on defense. You turn the ball over, you can't. Hold your head and, and, and keep that thing, keep that turnover in your head. But for me in life, it's like, shit, you don't make the NBA, you get cut from a team, man, next opportunity, next uh, next phase in your life. If, if you don't get that job, if you fail that test, you can't dwell on your failures. You got to let the failures keep pushing you to be great. And, 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 and the flip side is 
You know, if you get to the league, you can't, you know, just spend your money and think you made it because because for me, like, it was so hard getting in the league. It's even harder staying in the league. Obviously, you guys know that. So, um, mm-hmm. next play in life is just, you know, keeping that mindset, man. We got to keep going, got to keep moving, got to keep working. What was the college experience like? Not the basketball side, but what was being a college yeah. student like at Duke? I mean, everybody tells you it was a little different for me. It wasn't your traditional, like, I, I, like, I wasn't your traditional guy who went to Duke. I was a little different. Uh, and growing up, man, I, I grew up, besides going to DeMatha, which was a Catholic school, and Oak Hill, like, I never really had experience, like, you know, with, with other races, because Prince George's County is predominantly black. So uh, when I got to Duke, it was just like a, a whole new world. So I was lucky. You know, we had NC A&T down the street. We had North Carolina Central down the street. We had, I, I, I was at, I, you, you probably thought I went to Central. I, just, I was just always at Central, messing around pre-dons, just, you know, that, that gave me that back home you feel. Had, you had to, to be creative at Oak Hill, Q. All day. Nah, you're not. You had to be creative at Oak Hill. Nah, nah, for sure. But we had the team. We had the team. That, you know, we, 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 we lived in that house. So we was in the house all day messing with the team. So that gave me that, that at-home feel as well. But when I got to college, man, it was, it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot of changes I needed to make for sure. You got a chance to play with uh, yeah, Duke uh, Okafor, Tyrus Jones, Justice Winlow, Seth Curry, Jabari Parker, Austin Rivers. You guys had a squad at Duke. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. A, right. a real squad. How long did it take for you guys to gel and come together? Obviously, Coach K is a huge influence on that, but like you said, everyone is coming from different backgrounds and has different accolades. And how long did it, you feel that it took your guys' team to really start hitting their stride? I think each year was different. My first year with uh, myself, Austin, as freshman, we had Seth Curry. Um, we had all three Plumlee brothers. That team took a, took a while because our uh, our team was kind of all over the place. We always had like a, a new starting lineup every single year. We were very talented, but... We never really found our identity, and we ended up losing the first round to C.J. McCullough. Obviously, the famous game when he put us out, he went crazy. Our next year, was my sophomore year, was probably one of our most um, talented teams. Um, we ended up you know, losing the Elite Eight to Louisville. Um, but uh, my senior year was the best year for me. Um, just got, I think that was the purest year. I think everybody was on the same page. Nobody cared about draft status. Nobody cared about how many points they scored. We genuinely just... Wanted to win every single game, and uh, myself being a senior on that team, it was my last chance to do something, you know, that I'd be remembered for at Duke. I had a decent, you know, first three years, but that last year, you know, I think, you know, kind of gave me a stamp as, you know, I, I, I did something in college, man, because those first three years, you know, we lost two times early, we lost in Elite Eight, and at Duke, man, you, you remember for winning. Obviously, you know, you always want to go to the league and be a lottery pick and and shit like that, but you know, I wanted to win a championship while I was there, and you know, we finally got it done my senior year, which was, you know, incredible feeling. You took kind of a similar path to me, uh, although I was uh, drafted in the second round. You weren't drafted; you had to take the other route. You know, Jack yeah. had to take a different route. Talk to us with that that because well, shit. I want to say when I was in the D League or G League or whatever the hell it's called, I think it was the D League back then, it was like the second year, so that was the worst shit ever. Like, yeah. no bullshit. It was long bus rides, little crop yeah. duster, La Bamba planes. Like, I'm like, fuck it, I'd rather just rent a car and drive it. Bro, no bullshit. Like, the planes, we were, it was just fucked up. And it made me think, like, but my grind was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm not meant, like, this is not what it, this is not my path. You know what I mean? Like, so I had to really grind, and that was my hunger behind me getting up out of that D-League, man, or G-League. 
was it was that a similar situation to you? Like you said, you'd seen so much great talent from high school to college to win a national championship to go undrafted and be like, okay, like you said earlier, what's the next grind? Talk to us about that. Man, great question. Yeah, I I got I got into uh, the D League. I think it was. I, I played two years in the D League, where it was called the D League, um, and 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 a lot of guys that I know who played in the D League, they say that it, it was way worse um, when they were in it. So I can imagine when you played in it. But for me, now I was tough, man, because shit. Growing up, you know, I I was always the guy. I was always the guy, and uh, um, it was tough going to going to two powerhouse high schools, going to Duke. You know, everybody's your bro. You play, a, you play a great game. You got 30 text messages, 10 missed calls. You know, everybody wants to pull up <laughs> on you and, 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 and be a part of the journey, man. And, you know, after being All-American my senior year and winning the chip, not getting drafted, you got to go take a six-hour bus ride to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and then mm. to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, you, you, you plan on Facebook Live instead of primetime ESPN. And after the game, you you only get two text messages, and and, and really one, because you know mom's gonna text you regardless. Mom and sister, <laughs> yeah. th- those are automatic. But other than that, right. man, dudes ain't. Cause I played in Canton, Ohio, so dudes wasn't pulling up on me in Canton, and you know posting my highlights and stuff like I was at Duke. So it was, it, I needed it, man. It was real eye opening for me. Sure. That's the shit that made me like it. When I finally got my chance in the league, it was like me or you. So I'm, I'm, a, we're gonna so fight, man. do whatever, because I'm not going back to that shit. You know what I mean? For like sure. I'd rather go play football. Fuck that. No, so sure. now it's obviously better. You're seeing kids. What, what are your thoughts about kids now jumping from high school to the G League? Because I obviously like it. it's a lot different now. They're getting bread, and, it, and it's a little different. Obviously, the G League continues to grow now. It's, a, it's an amazing minor league system, but I'm talking about back in the day, early 2000s. But what are your thoughts on kids making that jump? I like it. I like it because I think it's time for the G League to start getting the recognition that they deserve. I think right. uh, you know people can get laws down there. I mean, you know, you can attest to it. I mean, uh, when I was in it, you know, there was, you know, uh, first-round picks. It was lottery picks, guys that I grew up watching. You know, in college and, and the league down there still trying to trying to make it work. But guys get lost down there, man. Guys Hell yeah. you know, blame shit. They blame the agent. They blame their their their, their previous coach. They blame this and that. Um, and I mean, it, 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 it can it can wear on you. But for me, I was I knew I was down there. This is a pit stop. I had to work on myself, work on my game. I wasn't really trying to do all that whining shit because I knew we all was down there for a reason, man. The politics, mm-hmm. the politics and, and all that shit, yeah, that's life. But I wasn't trying to blame nobody, man. I'm down there for a reason. I told myself, man, I got to be the best player while I'm down here in practice. And you'll tell you, Damon Jones was my coach my first year. And, like, literally, like, we'll work out before I practice. You know, we'll go as, as, as hard as we can during practice. And we'll work out after, man. And I was really just getting ready for that 10-day where you go from the, from the D League, you averaging 30. I was averaging, like, 27 Eight, like something crazy, like like some crazy numbers, but I was preparing myself for it when I got called up on that 10 day for those 12 minutes I might get for those last four minutes. Cause you rarely you ain't getting called up to score 30. You gotta mm-hmm. you get called yeah. up to, to to be the eleventh and twelfth man. So once 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 people start realizing that, man, I think um it's great. But the G League definitely is getting love now, they're getting bred and you know, high school kids, Jalen Green is gonna make it even better and you know, the guys is hungry down there. So, no, I, I think it's great what they're doing for sure. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, I think you touched on which was great. Like, we all killed in high school. 
You know what I mean? Killed. Yeah. Like 30, yeah. average of 30, did whatever, yeah. did all these accolades. But when you hit the NBA, it's a different mindset. You have to, it's so important to know your role. As you, I killed in the, in the, in the D League too, but I knew when I got that 10-day call-up, I knew instantly what the fuck I had to do. I knew I had to play defense. I knew I had to be a dog. So that normal role you may take in a lesser situation, I think what allowed me to last so long was I knew what the fuck my role was. And you obviously seem like it, it really, it, it made me smile when you said, like, I went from killing to, like, knowing what the fuck I got to do in my 12 minutes because it's a completely different mindset. You still have to be you. But as a player that's, you know, coming in, you really have to try to look around the team and see what's needed and plug those holes. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, for sure. I mean, you guys, you guys know, you guys, you know, play long career and, you know, one champ's just been on great teams. I think it's a skill to be a great teammate. And like you said, we all are here, are, here, are here for a reason. My OG is Jared Jack. That's like who I want to be like. Like he's a guy, you know, wasn't an all-star, was a great player, um, solid player, but uh, he commanded the respect from, you know, his teammates, referees, coaches, um, front office, management, all, all that stuff. And, you know, he's not the most athletic guy. Um, he's not the most talented guy, but he always find would find himself on the team. He was always, you know, getting deal after deal after deal. Jared is another guy like that. And I had two vets. I mean, you guys know Will, Andre, and Sean. And they used to preach mm -hmm. to me every single day, you know, be a star in your role, be a star in your role. You know, mm -hmm. Be early, do this and that. And these guys, these these guys is a decade in the league and all-star appearances and uh, championships. And, and, and they would preach to me every single day about how important it is to be a role, especially on the team we had in Golden State. So I, I got that tutelage young in the league. So uh, I had an advantage over a lot of young guys for sure. Yeah, I think it's important, man. If people don't understand, like, obviously everyone could... I think when you really see dope basketball is summertime basketball, the pickup games, because then you could really show, you know, what you could do. You know what I mean? I would always surprise people on what I can do in the summertime, but I knew during the season, like we all, everyone wants to be able to score 30 points, but that's not your motherfucking role. Like your role is to do, you know, obviously Jack was a good scorer, but I'm speaking for myself and I mean, you know, you were a big time scorer. I wasn't, I could score, but I wasn't like, that was my thing, but I knew that I had to find other positions. Could I score more? Yeah. Could I, did I want to take more shots? Yeah. But I knew what the fuck my role was and that's why I played until I didn't want to play no more. You're right. I mean, that's the, that's the catch 22 because a lot of people see us on TV. We might not get the minutes we want. You see us being a great teammate. People call me a cheerleader all the time. I've been on great teams, and um, I'm sitting behind Hall of Famers, and I'm sitting behind great mm. players. But mm -hmm. don't get this shit fucked up. Like, I, 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 <laughs> right. I mean, they, I've been right. doing this shit my whole life. And guys in the yeah. summer, you know, they think that you could, you know, they could fuck with you, and they think that you, you're not as good as you think. The politics only work. You want the demands that you want to do. That's the only reason why you believe shit like that. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. cool. I, I, I got to go through that all the time, man. Uh, it's fun, man, because I, I love the hoop. I'm, I'm, it's I'm a, a challenge. Guy. I love I'm, it. I'm going, love I'm going it. from gym to gym in, in, in D.C., man. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see who up. I like your drive and your passion, man, and your focus, because, like, I went through that same shit. Like, you you knew you was a pro. You didn't take an overseas job. You knew you was a pro. You had a couple of 10 days. Then you end up with the Warriors. How did that happen? How did you end up with the Warriors? Man, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, I... I was on going to my third year in the league, and I uh, I ended my my last year. The last year I ended in New Orleans, man. And you know, I like the last maybe 15 games, man. I played well, man. And after the season was over, Dale Demps is like, you know, y'all go home. I'm like, man, I'm staying. Like, I'm, I got a non-guaranteed. I got two trigger dates, man. I gotta get right for summer league. So I stayed in New Orleans. I'm working out every single day. 
I kill Summer League. Like, I destroy Summer League. Then New Orleans signs Rondo, Darius Miller, and they got to cut me. So I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, I end up getting a, a partial guarantee with Atlanta. Man, so I moved down to Atlanta. You know, I'm staying in a hotel. I'm killing it in pickups. I'm killing it on the, on the workouts and stuff. Preseason comes. You know, they're like, man, start start looking for your 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 uh, your crib. I'm like, hell no, nah, man. I've been cut too many times. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep <laughs> staying this. I'm gonna keep staying in this hotel. And you know, I I I thought I was good. Called my agent. I'm like, man, they tell me I'm good. Like, am I good? My agent's like, yeah, you straight. They love you. Blah blah blah. So. Preseason comes, I don't play at all. Like, I play one game against Miami. Other than that, I ain't play at all. Last day before my, my contract is guaranteed for the year, trade goes mm, down. Mm, they, the trade mm. goes down, I get cut. And that's that's the night, like, I'll never forget it. I called my mom, I called KD, and I called Nolan Smith. I'm like, man, like, this, I, I think I got to take a year off because I, I don't know. I, I don't think emotionally I could take this anymore, man. And I remember Nolan was like, man, just sleep on it. Like, you're emotional right now. Sleep on it. And called me in the morning. And I woke up, man, by, and after getting cut by the Hawks on Friday night, Saturday morning, Steve Kerr called me like three, four times. And, uh, you know, literally, like, no disrespect to Atlanta, but that year they were the worst team in the league. So I went from, you know, getting cut to the worst team in the league to literally the next day, you know, the best team in the league wanted me on their team. So... Uh, it was a, it was Blessing. a true dream come true for me. Blessing for sure. So to be able to go, you get there. Uh, you know, you're going to the G League, back to the to the to the uh, big boys, back yeah. and forth. Walk us through that process because you're finally here, but you're going back and forth. You see, I know you had a great attitude because everyone speaks so well of you. But what was your mindset to be like? Okay, I'm killing in this G League, and and I'm gonna be ready for whatever the Warriors got for me. Walk us through that process. I went down there with a new motivation. And, uh, you know, Steve and, 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 and Bob, Bob Myers, you know, they was just like, we're going to treat, you know, this two-way. I was, I was, that was the first year of two-way, too, and nobody really knew how it would work. And uh, Bob and Steve, like, they just told me, yo, we're going to treat you as, as our third PG. So, you know, we're older. Sean will rest a lot. Andre might rest. Um, you know, we, we, we – I just had – I saw some opportunity. So when I was in the G League, man, like <laughs> – I, I was killing. Like, I, I want the show, bro. I do not belong down here. Like, y'all need me up there, like, straight up. And, uh, but, but, but what made that so crazy was Steph went down. So when, when Steph goes down, you know, I get inserted to the starting lineup just so mm. Sean can keep, so Sean can keep, you know, uh, that, that, second, that second rotation, that second unit mm -hmm. um, right. So I go from, like, three, th three four games I was on the roster with, uh, with Golden State. Like, I ain't play at all. I probably got in two games out of out of the four, like 10 seconds and maybe two minutes. And I went from that to starting. But I was in the G League going so crazy and, and, and working so hard. I was just such in a rhythm. Like I was just in rhythm. So it was just it was just easy for me to just go out there and because you playing, you still playing with KD, Clay, and Draymond. So the shit ain't that hard. You go out there, right. play hard. <laughs> Y'all know. So yeah man, I was in rhythm and it was fun, and then obviously later, Steph got hurt for a longer period of time, and you know, guys was hurt. Clay was out. I think Clay like broke broke his hand or something. KD had fractured ribs, and literally like I had to play 40 minutes, and that's when I start start scoring 30 and 25 and 28. You know what I'm saying? I start killing, and you know, social media kind of took everything by storm, and guys got back, and I was still in a rotation, so. 
I mean, it was a great year for me, for sure. What did you learn most about playing with them dudes? Those are arguably four Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah. You were able to win a championship. What did you learn uh, most being with the Warriors? For me, I love their demeanor. I love their swagger. I love their, they just have that it factor. Like they know that they you know, are the baddest dudes on the planet. They know that when we go on each row, everybody's gonna be against us. These guys gonna take their best shot at us and, and they won't, they will never beat us. They will never, they always felt like they would win every, every single game. How hard they worked, obviously is something, you know, that, that, that caught my mind and the attention to detail. Um, like Matt, you know, uh, our failed sessions and practices were pretty mm -hmm. light before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Playoffs come, you know, Steve, we, we in that Lock, top room. And we in that Lock top down. room for an hour, hour and a half mm -hmm. going over different game plans and stuff like that. Just the attention to detail. Everybody had uh, a value to the team, had a certain input they, they implemented. And, you know, just for me being a young player, man, and growing up watching these guys, man, it was a dream come true. It was an honor just to be in that organization. That was kind of my next question. So you get a chance to win with someone that was like your big brother growing up in your neighborhood, looked out for you, and then you're standing on a podium at the pinnacle of basketball. What was that, what was that feeling like? I ain't gonna lie, that, that shit was crazy. Because, like, we used to literally always talk about that. Like, man, we're gonna, we gonna win championships. Like, not, not thinking mm. we're gonna do it together, but man, I'm gonna win one, you're gonna win one. Like, Shit. And, right. and, and, and for us to do it together, man, and for it to be a second one, I remember you guys beat uh, Cleveland and, and five the year before that, man. I was in New Orleans, and I called KD. Like, he was in the locker room just so hype. And, you know, my mom, my mom was with me. He, she was crying. And it was it, – it, 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 when, he, when he wanted chip, it felt like I wanted chip. It felt like the whole, the whole neighborhood, the whole city wanted chip. And then for the next year, for me to be right there with him, and, bro, like, mm. the, whole, the whole team, like – like, they showed me more love than anybody. I, I don't know what it was. Like, everybody was coming to grab me and shit because they, they knew the path. They knew you know, how, how hard it right. took me to get there, man. It was great, man. I, I appreciate those guys for that, for sure. Yeah. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, <laughs> crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All of us are here, obviously, brothers with Kobe. You were a huge fan. You got the sweatshirt on today. Talk to us about what the connection was. I know through Coach K, he was someone you mentioned that he knew. And, yeah. you know, Coach K always made sure you guys were in contact, you know, yeah. through college, and, and you got a chance to, to, to get, a, get a good chance to, uh, to know Kobe well. What was it like, and, and how are you dealing with it post? Yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, you know, I, I, I'm too young. Like, I, I saw Michael Jordan, but I, I don't really, I didn't really get to live and breathe and live it on a day-to-day basis and see him on a night-to-night and really appreciate what he did. Um, you know, Space Jam was my favorite movie, all that shit growing up, so I love Michael Jordan. But he retired in 98, and then shit, 99, you know, 2000s, that's when the Lakers kind of, you know, stepped into their mm-hmm. own. And, and my dad used to always be like, man, Kobe, like, he's Jordan, like, he's the next Jordan. Like, he does everything he resembles, you know, Michael Jordan to a T. So when, 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 I, when I realized there was a new Jordan playing, that was my guy. That was my guy. And, and... You know, my dad was like the biggest Lakers fan ever. So, you know, it, it, he was an easy idol to have for me. And then, you know, I got to see 2000, 2001, 2002, they won a championship. So, obviously, like, everything everything is perfect for me as a basketball guy. And then you grow up, you see, you know, how hard he works. You see, you know, how hard he, uh, you know, uh, trains his mind. And, and, and just you start to listen to his interviews and you just see the respect that everybody has. You know, for him, you just start appreciating him more. And that was my guy, man. I wanted to be just like him. I wanted to do everything like him. And then growing up, um, coming to my own, I got to meet him for the first time. And Coach K knew him. And Coach K would always make sure, like, if he came to a game, I would get the first five minutes with him. And if, if, if he sent a text after a game, Coach K always bring me back on the plane and show me the text that Kobe sent. And he knew how much, you know, I loved him. And uh, I got to meet him, got to form a relationship with him. And you guys know him. He was he was so so cool, man. These past couple years, him after basketball, he was just so fun. He's always smiling, always with his family, man, and just tra- tragic, tragic, tragic thing. And I think we're still, you know, all trying to, you know, make it make sense. It never makes sense, but uh, mm. we gotta it just won't. keep his keep his legacy going. Never. You did something that touched me because I was out there working ESPN, so I saw what the memorial was like across the street from Staples Center. You guys flew back in town. You went and grabbed your jersey, and you went and joined the crowd out there. Talk to us yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, I think we all. I think we all were just in shock. I mean, we all obviously us learning on the plane. We drive. We fly from Philly, um, and, and we all find it about it on the plane, man. I mean, that was the longest ride ever. Guys was fucked up, man, and uh, we landed. Uh, my friend Jack Davis, who, who I'm with the Duke, where he lives in LA, you know, he's he's one of the biggest Kobe fans ever too. You know, he he linked up with me at a at our practice facility, man, just just to kind of like console me because I was crushed. And he showed me that they were doing the memorial. They had fans at you know the Staples Center. And growing up, when I thought of the Staples Center, I thought of Kobe because that's the building I grew up watching him play in. And he he gave the Lakers you know 20 years of just you know, just straight, just straight, man, pure 
basketball, just greatness, man. And I just wanted to be out there just to just to be with the fans and 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 and, and show my respects to his family and himself. And um, the fans were cool. They let me be. They weren't, you know, uh, overbearing because mm-hmm. everybody was grieving, man. And I, I I thought it was something I needed needed to do, man. And uh, it was it, it was something I'll never forget. It's sad and even to talk about, you know what I mean? And as far as we have to talk, we always try to talk about um, him in a good light and in, in, in remembering, but it's still just, some days it just hits you in the face like, Kobe's gone. Like, the shit don't, like, if it, Kobe's not supposed to be gone. You know what I mean? Like, right. if anyone was not supposed to be gone, it's him. So it's, it still just punches you in the stomach every once in a while. Like, God damn, this shit is real for real. Crazy. Oh, you're right. You're right, for sure. You said that the best advice you've got was from Kobe. If you if you don't mind, would you like Shannon and tell us what he told you? Yeah. Or um, you or you or you can keep it because I know because I know some things that he told us when we did our last interview with him that I hold tight that I haven't shared. But yeah. it's up to you. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. I mean, I think my last my last moment with him is my favorite. Not knowing that it was my last, but at that time, mm-hmm. like. That, that, that was my favorite moment. In game five of the, of the Western Conference Finals, uh, it was 2-2. It was us versus the Rockets, obviously. Um, and uh, I had been out the rotation the first four games, and Steve put me back in the rotation, just a little adjustment, um, get some more shooting out there. And, uh, you know, it's, I think we're down one, about a minute left, 50 seconds left. You know, I'm, I'm guarding Chris Paul. I get a stop on Chris Paul. Draymond gets the rebound. He brings it down. He, I, he finds me on a break. Like, I had zero points at the time. I was like over two, and I'm wide open. Man, and I bobble the ball, and I shoot it, miss. They come down, we end up losing the game. And you know how it is now. Social media is killing me. Oh, uh, we, yeah. down, we down 3-2, and this is my first year with the Warriors. I'm like, damn, my first year, we about to go down. And I just remember, you know, after the game, you know, Steph and KD, like they called me to, I was talking, I went to KD's room, we was up all night just talking, just talking adjustments, talking about the game, what we need to do. And I was just feeling just so down, man. And I just told myself, man, this is going to be my Kobe moment. Like I remember him airballing three shots against Utah, you know, in his first big playoff experience. And that's what I kept telling myself, kept telling myself, kept telling myself. Fast forward a year later, we in the finals, you know, I hit, I, I, I get the same shot at the same spot you know, against the Raptors in the finals, and I hit them. And from literally three, mm-hmm. three, three threes in a row, you know, to win game two. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my head, I'm like, damn, like, that's that's my moment. Like, I remember I I, I, I missed last year, but I had to, I had enough nuts to take the next shot, and I had enough nuts to, to, to believe in myself. And, uh, you know, I made the shot, and then I seen Cole this summer, and he's like, man, I, I didn't tell, like, I hadn't tell, told him, like, that was my mama moment. Like, he, he's what came to my mind when I missed the shots and when I made the shots. He just came up to me. He was like, man, that was your moment. You got big cojones. Like, you, you missed the year before that. <laughs> you, you, y'all know him. Y'all know him. He, you missed the year before that. And, and the next year, you took the same shot. And you guys, you won the finals game. And, and, and uh, he said he was proud of me, man. And, you know, that meant the world to me. I called my mom right after, man. Cole just, he, you know what I'm saying? Just, I, just me being a fan, but also being his <laughs> friend, man. Up. That meant the world to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. always hold that dear to my heart for sure. That's amazing. I, I love hearing that. You, similar to me, grew up a Lakers fan. My shit was crazy too, from almost fighting Kobe to have him call me to come play with him. Yeah. What yeah. was it like 
finally putting on that Laker jersey. Tell me what that, because that shit gives me chills even talking about it. What was it like when you got, you got to put that jersey on for the first time? It was dope, man. It, it was a dream come true. Uh, when I signed when I signed with the, the Lakers, that was like my draft day when I got off the, the phone with Rob, because I didn't get drafted, obviously. So um, that was my draft day. You, 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 you get off the phone with... Uh, you know, you're the, the GM, he tells you that we're signing you to blah, blah, blah. You know, you're officially a Los Angeles Laker. Boom, that was my draft day. I called my mom, called my sister. My sister was driving. I made her pull over. You know, my girl's with me. And uh, we celebrated like I just got drafted, man. And getting to L.A., um, putting on that jersey for the first time, I started thinking about my dad because, you know, me and him were the biggest Lakers fans in, in, in PG. You know, everything was Lakers. You know, uh Anybody who, who who knew him, he always had Lakers gear on every single day. So, you know, I was playing for him this year, man. I was this was his big his his big dream to see his son, obviously in the NBA, but you know, to 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 play for my Lakers dad's favorite jersey, team, you know. man. It's, it was Hell different, man. Yeah. It was a dream come true, man. It was surreal. I don't know if you ever sit back because you're in the process, but you will one day when you get old like me and Jack. But you've been, although the journey's been rough. You've been in two amazing situations to really start your career off. Getting a chance to play with a, a dynasty in Golden State and picking the brains of KD, Steph, Draymond, Clay, Coach Kerr. Now you're in LA with a whole bunch of other veterans. You, you, you had a tweet that said, man, I get to learn from Jay Kidd, Rondo, Bron every day. You know, it's a point guard's dream. You've been in very fortunate situations, not only to, you know, be on the biggest stage playing basketball, but just to soak the game up from some yeah. of the greats. What has that been like for you? I, I think that's been the, the, the best and, and coolest part for me being, being obsessed with the game and me being a fan of the game and me you know, wanting to get better and, and learn more. There's no better you know, opportunities that I could have had. And I always you know, just feel blessed and lucky because the basketball guys are always rewarding. You know, I had to go through, through, through hell. I had to go through this and that to get to where I am, man. It, it, it's no other way I can fathom it. And you know, I just always like to appreciate the shit that I'm in, man. And um, mm -hmm. like, like, and, and like you say, like I know when I was in high school, when I was at Duke, I was always thinking about what's next. And now you always kind of get stuck in the moment. But I kind of take time. I always kind of take time to just reflect and just remember how thankful I am, man. Because I know it sounds cliche, but going going from you know where I came from. I wasn't supposed to be here. So for me to play for the fucking Warriors to win a championship mm -hmm. and then coming to the Lakers, LA's back mm -hmm. rocking, and you know, I get to you know learn from Braun, Rondo, Avery Bradley, fucking Dwight Howard's on the team, just uh, you know, me and AD grew up playing against each other, AU, then teammates in USA, McDonald's of America together, he's my class, KCP, like DeMarcus is here. I mean, it's it's just the best mixture of uh, basketball all in one locker room, man. And I always take take time to just realize how lucky I am. And I don't take nothing mm -hmm. for granted. So I try to learn and I try to work as much as possible. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Braun is in year 17, bro. And, and you know, we talk about, like I said, it's on my, on my page. It's one goat, one mamba, and one king. And they're the only ones on my rush board. He's in year 17. Learning from him and see what he's doing in year 17, man. Talk, explain that to me. What you seeing, man? Like this is greatness. It's amazing. It's it's it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, I got to play with him in Cleveland. Well, I, I went to training camp with with them in Cleveland. He was my vet. I was his rook. So, uh, you know, I, I I'll never forget 
Um, I was I was living with Kyrie at the time. I was Kyrie ain't want me really staying in a hotel. He kind of wanted me to have that home feel. I was staying in Kyrie. I had a car. He gave me his whip, everything. So I remember the first day of training camp, man. They was just fresh off the the finals. Um, I drove I drove the, uh, to the Pax facility. You know, I wanted to be the first one in there. And I, I get there. I, I change. I, I I go to the breakfast lounge or wherever. And I'm starting to eat breakfast. And all I hear is just like grunting. I hear grunting. I hear, you know, you can hear somebody doing something. And it's about two hours before practice. Literally, Brown was in there lifting. So I'm like, maybe he's setting the tone for the first day. Let me come back tomorrow. Let's see. <laughs> next day I get there. Next day I get there. Brown's on the court. Brown's shooting. And I'm just like, damn. Like this was probably year 12 for him at that time. And uh, five MVPs in, two rings at the time. Like he already had like man, like that 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 mindset. Like. I, 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 he still had more work to do. So for me, fast forward five years, he's doing the same shit. He's doing the same stuff. He's the first one in the gym. Um, you know, I, he's a tremendous leader. Um, his basketball, all that shit speaks for itself, but the camaraderie that he, he creates around the league and, and around our team, man, he has a relationship with everybody. He's amazing, bro. Like, he's amazing. He, he, He's doing, he's doing shit in year 17 that guys don't do in, in, in year eight in their prime, year nine in their prime. So um, it, it's, it's just amazing to, to watch them on a nightly basis for sure. I could tell, you know, I, I know other people could tell they played. Y'all really fuck with each other and have fun. Like I see the bench is always into it. Everyone is cheering for everyone. Tell me what that locker room is like, because locker rooms are a blast, and that's where you really yeah. get your camaraderie, your shit talking. Yeah. Like, is everybody fair game? Does everybody get it? Who's the joker? Who's <laughs> sensitive? Talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys know I me. Mean, I, I think for me, the most fun is like the bus rides, the plane rides, yep. the, the joking yep. after practice in the locker room. I mean, that's the shit that, you know, uh, the, the, my, my favorite thing in the NBA is I love getting those stories from the vets. I love hearing those stories that never made the media, never made public, or yeah. the real stories that did make hey, public. That's, hey, that's my favorite. Those stories shit. are crazy. <laughs> Y'all know crazy. I mean, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite. I think our team now, man, I think we're all, all right. like, just jokesters. We all, you know, if you walk in with a bad outfit, everybody's going to let you know. You walk in with some bullshit they shoes on, on, everybody from Avery Bradley, every, a, a, Avery, Avery, he going to kill you. He going to, he, if Danny Green or Kuz walks in, Jared Dudley walking with something crazy, Avery gonna kill you, Braun gonna kill you, and everybody <laughs> kills each other, man. It's fun. Nobody's off limits. Everybody gets joked on. Um, I mean, nice, I mean, love nobody's it. nobody's sensitive. It's it, it's fun. I love it. Because that's what pe people would ask me. Like, I got to play with some great players. Because I'm the one that's the shit talker. Jack likes to talk, but I'm like <laughs> the one God. in the locker room talking. I'm talking <laughs> that's shit. A, to that's everybody. an understatement. That's an understatement, bro. <laughs> So I just talk, because I'm fun. I like, like I, I really think it's important. Like, And then when I play, you know I'm balls to the wall for anybody and everybody. Right. I'll kill for you right. on the court. But uh, off the court, I'm the team joker. So everyone, you know, did you talk shit to Kobe? Did you do, like, I'm talking shit to everybody. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, those are the teams where you can talk shit to Steph. You could talk shit to Clay. You could talk shit to KD. You could talk shit to Kobe. You could talk shit to Braun. Those are like the best kind of locker rooms because that's when you, you're just with your brothers because we're together so much. Like those loose times on the plane, the bus, hearing the stories, gambling, yeah. you know, yeah. in the locker room. Like them shits are the best part. I mean, obviously basketball is the blast, but those are the shit like you think back, like do you do miss? I don't miss playing. Yeah. I miss just having yeah. fun with my homeboys and talking shit. Yeah. Nah, I mean, that's, I mean, I always heard, you know, guys who were out the league, um, you know, who retired, 
who, who were who, who were you know doing other things. And they like, man, I mean, playing was cool. I mean, we all love to play, but that camaraderie, that togetherness, that feeling a part of a team, um, you know, that's something that guys always mention they miss. So um, for me, you know, I, I always like to take advantage of it for sure. What's your best moment up to this point in the NBA? My best moment um, up to this point in the NBA is, you know, uh, I'll say my last two years with the Warriors actually playing and, and contributing in the playoffs. I think that's the biggest stage of basketball. Everybody's watching the lights is on, the lights are the brightest. There's no fucking load of management. There's no, you know, we back to backs. It's no back to back. So guys ain't resting. Guys can, you know, there's no excuses. Everybody has time to prepare. You know, uh, all records are, are erased and, and, and the lights are the brightest at that time. So for me to, you know, have some, a, a lot of big games in the playoffs and um, some big games in the finals, uh, I think that's my, that's my, you know, biggest, you know, couple moments in the league mm -hmm. that I'll take the most pride in. You still got a long What's way your, to go, but that's dope. Yes, sir. What's your all-time starting five? My all-time starting five. Man, yeah. I, I, I always tell my homeboys this, I like my five. I like, I like Braun at the one. I like Kobe at the two. No, I like Jordan at the two. I like Kobe at the three. I like KD at the four. And I like Shaq at the five. Sounds like my lineup. That was his line. That, hey, that, that, was, that, was, his, that was his lineup. I just had Tim Duncan at the four. Yeah, I mean, you know, great minds think alike, man, you know. Mm -hmm. That was my lineup. You could put Braun anywhere, but he could play that point. He could play the power forward. You could fuck around and put Braun in center at this point. You know what I mean? Because it might be tough to guard, but there ain't no way the center's going to be able to guard him on the other end. We gonna right. Not back then. Not back then. Not back then. Not back then. Hey, we gonna right. hey, imagine Shaq trying to guard Braun. Man, I mean, obviously, Braun. Braun, Braun can't guard Shaq, but I'm saying, like, we go, they, he will run Shaq's ass up and down that court. His motherfucking lips would be looking like yours, tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. Shit would be over. That'll, that'll be a crazy Braun gonna be fouled out yeah, fucking with Shaq. Fucking nuts. <laughs> 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 Shaq. Hey, Shaq is big as a bitch. <laughs> Shaq is big as shit. He said, fuck it, Braun gonna be fouled out. Hey, so your favorite movie growing up is Space Jam. Mike, you got the you got LeBron in Space Jam too. Any any inside info or in, in, Man, anything you stole or any kind of info you got for us on the Space Jam? You know what's crazy? He uh so when I when I signed to LA, I signed to the Lakers and I came out here early looking for a spot. Um, and I linked up with him. We worked out, and uh, you know him and Randy invited me up to the set. Um, mm. me 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 and my cousin. So. We went up there to the set and I spent the whole day with him and I made in the theater. So it was cool for me to like, actually, it's my first time actually being on the movie set. And mm. uh, literally, Brian like worked out in the morning, showered, ate breakfast, and he was at the set all day acting. He, he would be on 10 minutes, take a five minute break and go again, take after take after take. And he's like, y'all know Brian, he's like, has a handshake with the camera crew and the handshake everybody on set. Every 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 actor he he's messing around with and he come over to us and you know talk shit. We talking who's we talking you know AU. I remember uh, that day, uh, Bronny Bronny and uh, Bronny's team AU team they were in Vegas. So a little bit during his lunch break, he was watching the game, man, and you know back to back to acting, and then the next day she was back up in the morning working out, and it was, he did the same thing over again, man, and Space Jam looks crazy, it's gonna be cool, man, I'm, I'm, 
I'm excited, man, because they, they put a lot of time and effort into that shit. You know who the Monstars going to be? I don't. I don't. I don't. I know AD. AD, AD might be one. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But they they, mm. they 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 did a lot of stuff, some creative stuff, man. That I I still didn't really understand until they started to break it down to me, man. When they make it all come to life, when they do oh, all yeah. the animation stuff, you know, a lot of stuff mm, is animation. Yeah. So it's gonna be crazy, man. I, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be crazy. I mean, I don't know when Space Jam one was or Space Jam. I don't want to misspeak. 20, 30, 25, 20, 25 years ago to think how far technology has come since then. Yeah. Like, this yeah. shit is going to be fucking insane. Yeah. Space Jam yeah. is going to be insane. It, and people ask, I remember the Monsters, uh, Matt. It should have been you as the Monsters. Yeah. For real. <laughs> you look like a monster. But uh, people was asking me... <laughs> I remember when, when, when this was first announced, people were asking, like, will this movie be big as big as Mike? This movie, to me, is going to be way bigger because it's a different atmosphere, a different time, and a f the special yeah. effects are going to be on another level. I, I can't wait, man. It's, it's going to be crazy. All right, normally when we ask this question, when you, before you answer it, whoever you say, if you have a connect on this person, then you have to hook us up. You got to make it happen. So who should be a guest on our show? Who do you yeah. think should be a guest on our show? Your teammate that you was just talking about? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, yes, I think, go and uh, say it. The guy. I think I think, I, I, I think y'all should get AD. AD, yeah, we've been talking to AD, AD about getting them. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to get them right before we went into lockdown too. When you think of AD, like people don't think misunderstood, but mm -hmm. the shit that he went through um, his whole life, bro, and and, and AU and you no, know, just. Just, 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 just going to. I mean, he, he was he was unknown to being the number one player in the country like overnight. You know, he, he was mm -hmm. national player of the year, won a championship, first pick, and he's like he went from not being known to all this, all this stuff, and going through New Orleans, and he got to play on the the, the Olympic team in 2012, and being an All Star. Injuries. And after how he got treated in New Orleans last year, just injuries. You know, people saying like he never. You know, won a playoff game, or whatever. Till he played us a couple of years ago. Just, I mean, he's been through a lot, man. And and, and what he gave to uh, his teammates, to the game, to the organization, man. I I think is it isn't appreciated publicly enough, man. I think he's one of the, you know the best players to ever play. So I think you know uh, mm -hmm. he, he 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 should come on here and talk his shit, man. Cause he cause he cause he 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 needs to start talking his shit more, man. Cause. He's a bad dude, man. man. He, he's a hell of a player, though. Facts. And you don't hear him talking too much. Like, you don't ever really hear. I don't recall seeing yeah. him on any. Like, you don't hear him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the player. You right. Nah, yeah, Put in his yeah. ear. Come on this yeah. show and talk his shit. I was already talking to him. We're going to get him on. But I, he needs to start talking uh, to shit. Cause that's a bad motherfucker right there, man. For real. Yes, sir. Any movies or shows you're binge watching or on repeat right now? You know, I always watch The Wire um, once every year. So when all this shit started, I rewatched that. Uh, I rewatched Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, me and my girl, we watching uh, For Life right now, that 50 Cent show. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really it, man. That's, that's, that's really it, man. I'm, I'm playing I'm playing too many video games, man. I'm playing, I'm playing way too many video games. <laughs> Who was your funniest teammate? Damn. Uh, right, For me, it was I Baron was Davis. Baron Davis? Walt Disney. Oh, man, he's a character. He's uh, a character. DeMarcus is funny as hell. Rondo's funny. Uh, Dudley's that's hilarious. Iguodala, Andre's funny as hell. Clay's funny in his own way. Yeah, it's, Clay it's, it's is that. Lot, people don't know Clay yeah, is know. funny. He's just Clay is funny He's in funny his way. Shit. 
That's funny you said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even uh, have to say much to be funny. <laughs> just his whole demeanor and posture, man. Right. He's say one Clay sentence. A he's a he, he he's a he's a different dude, man. I love Clay. A historical dinner with anybody, just a, a dope conversation, a dope night, just kicking back. Any five people, not counting yourself, who would be at your table? See, Dead or alive? Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan um, Kobe Bryant, mm. Malcolm X, Lil Wayne, mm. that's mm. four, mm -hmm. and uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z. That'd be a hell of a dinner, boy. That'd be a hell of a dinner. Co Kobe, Mike, Man. Wayne, Jay, and Malcolm X. Y'all yep. gonna fuck something yes, up sir. that night. <laughs> hey, artist, artist, a song gonna repeat. Who you jamming? I know you jamming, little baby. Man, man, look, my, my, my brother, man, my brother's Dirk, one of my best friends. We both live in the A, man. I'm with him. If I'm not working out, I'm with him. Studio, video games, all that shit. So I, I, I listen to Dirk all day. Gunner, Thug, Dirk, Thug, one yeah. of my one of my guys, Thug, Doughboy. Baby going crazy, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. Shaq Glizzy, I grew up with Shaq Glizzy, one of my close friends. Uh, a lot, man. It's, a, it's a, Kodak Black, one of my favorite rappers, so free Kodak. Um, yeah. Man, yeah, I heard they lot, doing man. them dirty right now. Yeah, man. They said they doing Kodak long. dirty in the pen right now. Man, shit, shit, shit it's crazy, crazy bro, man. I, 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 I hope he stands strong, man. I'm praying for his family for yeah. sure. So like we said earlier, you had a similar journey. It, it wasn't, you know, sweet to begin with. After everything you've been through up to this mm -hmm. point, although you're just starting, what kind of encouraging words would you have for someone trying to follow in your footsteps? Man, keep going. See, I mean, obviously, cliche shit, keep going. Um, stay positive, all, all the cliche stuff. But for me, man, like, I, I, like you get caught up in, you know, followers. You can get caught up in money. You can get caught up in um, how long. And, you know, uh, I guys used to, I used to look at guys like, man, he, he was only in college for two years. Um, he ain't become a star until his third year in the league, stuff like that, man. And just just run your own race. Keep going. Cause a lot of people going to tell you shit that, you know, that, 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 that it's, it's really hating, man. For me, I ain't the tallest. Mm -hmm. I ain't the fastest. I ain't the strongest, so you know, I, I ain't have a shot coming up. People ain't giving me a shot. Like, people, you know what I'm saying? I was too small, I was too slow, shit like that. But I, I, I ain't really care about all that shit, man. People, when I got on the court, they was about to see me, and I was going to see about them. So my thing is run your own race, man, and that's it. I love that. I could tell, like I said, I didn't get a chance to really get to know you. We have mutual friends and teammates, and everybody respects you, man. So it was, a, it was an honor to get down, to get to know you a little bit better. We gonna exchange information and get down and, and oh, fuck with sure. little bro. But thank you, man, so, for your time today. We appreciate your time. Good luck. God thanks, bless you and your family. And uh, shit, man, if you guys get back in, go get that championship. I just wanna say thank y'all with what y'all doing for the culture, what y'all doing as 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 people who has been in the league, has won the league, has, has been successful in the league. And, you know, y'all did it y'all own way, man, and what y'all doing you know, for the culture, not just basketball, but, but, but for us African-Americans growing up, y'all talk about every yes, every situation going on, a positive shit, the, the, the shit that needs to be said. Y'all don't hold back on nothing, man. And that shit means a lot to, to, to myself and my peers and everybody, man. So I appreciate what y'all doing because I want to be like, y'all, I want to make a lot of fucking money, win some chips, 
and, and play long in the league and get the kickback and have my own my own shit after do it my way after y'all on ESPN TV all that man I appreciate y'all man for real no doubt man we appreciate that thank you yes sir thanks bro appreciate you bro hey that's a wrap thank our guest today Quinn we appreciate you bro and make sure you guys check out the new documentary Basketball County in the Water executive produced by Quinn Cook Victor Oladipo and Kevin Durant right now on Showtime you can find this on Showtime Basketball YouTube or all platform streaming podcasts all them boys at Bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare a rested child is a happy child sleep tight stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. something about how this place forms a different kind of person. On my high school team, we had five guys make the NBA. We had the county rocking. You mentioned French Georgia County. People know what it's about. It's the mecca of basketball. There are those who come before us upon whose shoulders we stand. Being from this area, you have to have tough skin. The gym became his sanctuary. PG County guy. Provide buckets for America. Prince George packs a lot of power, a lot of character. It's nothing that you can do to stop that competitive edge. We're pushing the community and the culture forward. It's just in the water. This life was all I ever wanted. I'm not leaving. Not yet. I was hoping you'd say that. You gotta hit the streets, make some money. People like us must destroy people like him. Get Showtime free at Showtime.com.